0: Podcast ain't playing nobody. We're gonna do the tasting menu first. As we do it, I want you to I want you to simmer on what's worse. The fact that Mac Brown might be hiring Greg Robinson or that Scott Loeffler got a head coaching job.
1: <laughs> you know, Scott Loeffler, in the last ten years has had a half of the season of good output. So I also realize he got a head coaching job and not a DC job. Yeah. But oh my God. And this is like, I appreciate that mac brown knows that um everybody that we got such rave reviews about the the tuesday show this week cuz i you know as, well as somebody put it not only were you cranky as normal but then i was also cranky um but you know I, we we just like 30 seconds before we hit record i find out that he's hiring greg freaking robinson not, you know, oh, he might bring Chiswick along. It'll be great. No, no, not Chiswick. Not some of the other younger names we heard. No, he's just going to go straight back to. He's not even trying. He's not even trying to pretend this is anything but 2009. So congrats, North Carolina.
0: Very strange circumstance. Um, can't really uh, even play that one off for humorous effect on you to try and play Devil's advocate. That one's just
1: bad, dude. It's horrible. Uh, he's not even trying.
0: Um. All right. We can complain about North Carolina for the second episode in a row Uh, as soon as we talk (laughs) about. I didn't want
1: to. I wasn't planning on it. As
0: soon as we talk about the final regular-ish week of the season, we've got a strange hodgepodge of FCS playoff games, FCS makeup games, FBS makeup games, and your normal conference championship week. So let's get to it. We're going to get this out of the way. I, by the way, have no ability or idea how to replicate uh what happened on tuesday we had a ton of positive uh <laughs> response that's great um m- mentally i'm not i'm not capable of processing why it was so good versus any other show so yeah, like, i'm sorry
1: I, to, I saw the words heartfelt a lot in in twitter so apparently like because i was this this is not telling me to as matt, as our friend matt brown not mac brown matt brown on um on Twitter just mentioned it, like, you know, Mac is, is or UNC is, is single-handedly trying to turn me into Alex Jones. Um, apparently you didn't like just that I was angry. <clears throat> so I can't just start yelling at every episode to make this all good. But the fact that we were both, uh, you know, <laughs> exposing real opinions and seemingly heartfelt in our uh, annoyances, that's what really put the show over the top.
0: I guess so. We'll never know. Um <laughs> This is a podcast named Play Nobody. It's college football, marriage, numbers, and words. That's the robot Bill Connolly. He's the inventor and proprietor of the S&P Plus analytics system. He is the author of multiple books that you can go buy on bookstores and internet stores and other kind of stores, and it's the holiday season, so go do that or I'll punch you in the stomach. Um, my name is Stephen Godfrey. I just got done with a podcast appearance talking about Ole Miss, so I'm in a mood to make fun of people.
1: <laughs> oh, good. Oh, good, 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 good.
0: Um. Yeah, I am so tired of being asked about Matt Luke by the same people who wanted to hire Matt Luke. Ah. Really, I know everyone thinks their alma mater's the dumbest, but mine is the dumbest. Mine really is the dumbest. Bill, Thursday, November ninth. <laughs> we we don't even know why this game is being played. We think it's an FCS makeup game, and given the footprint, it makes sense. Charleston yeah. Southern at the Citadel. I assume this was a makeup game because of the storms this year.
1: Yeah, we're going to I'm – I'm quickly Googling – Um, It's
0: on ESPN Plus at 6 p.m., by the way.
1: Hell, yeah. I mean, hey, Thursday Night Football, one last last go-round on the old ESPN Plus, which has been a pretty nice service, by the way. Have Uh, you used it? A little bit, yeah.
0: Didn't Uh, use it once this year. Oh,
1: really? (laughs) Didn't need to. Well, no, I mean – it has to be – I never watched it for a full game or anything like that. Basically, like, it was great for at the end of a given shift, at the end of the morning shift or afternoon shift especially, you can basically just kind of monitor the scores and when some Sunbelt game gets to about six minutes left and it's one possession, you can flip it over to it. Yeah. Um, and that's worked really well. I mean, it streams nicely on, on our big screen and all that stuff. So it's been – um, yeah, it's it's been a a solid service. Now, I mean, obviously <laughs> – the the content is not you know must watch stuff at least not, not on the college football side but it's been nice and and like I said from the start like if you are a fan of a love uh Louisiana Lafayette I watched the end of the ULL ULM game the other day if you're a fan of those schools I mean that that it's pretty great so
0: it just hasn't come up yet um yeah we'll do that on another podcast whether or not the Sun Belt should be behind a paywall but um all right moving on. Friday, November thirtieth, we have two championship games. Championship, conference, championship week. That doesn't matter. Yes, it does. Buffalo is uh, playing Northern <laughs> Illinois in the MAC championship game on Friday p.m.
1: night, as God intended.
0: <laughs> yeah, seriously, six p.m. ESPN two at seven p.m. on Fox. Uh, Utah plays Washington in the Pac twelve championship
1: game. Bill, who you got? I re- I mean Washington. Like, I was really – when I was writing the S P Plus Picks post this morning uh, at SB Nation, I um, – like, I, I wrote, like, a little – a couple small paragraphs about each of the championship games. And, like, first paragraph was, man, Utah is good. Uh, they just absorbed they, – they just lost their quarterback and running back, and they're still good. They've ever, they scored 30-plus each of the last three games. This is, you know, true, you know, breakthrough kind of stuff. Ah, right. But Washington's defense is amazing. And now they're playing a backup quarterback. Never mind. That that was basically the two paragraphs. Um, I really tried to talk myself into Utah and if they can force turnovers, um, and, and, you know, not give up any sort of easy points against Washington and it becomes like a 17, 14 slog, like Utah, Washington games often do, then they're going to have a chance. I just, um, as 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 faulty as as crippling as the two mistakes per game that Jake Browning makes, as 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 crippling as those mistakes tend to be uh, in his otherwise you know generally pretty good performances, um, I, Washington against a backup quarterback. Washington's defense is really 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 good, so I just can't talk myself into picking Utah.
0: Why is it Buffalo being
1: talked about more? I mean, we tried. Um,
0: well, it's not just our job. <laughs>
1: Well, I mean, they're in the Mac. That's their first problem. Um, they're not flashy like Toledo and NIU and all these those teams were. I mean, they're kind of flashy. They got a really good uh, passing game and whatnot. But I don't know. I don't think they've had their breakthrough moment in non-conference play this year was at Temple before any before Temple was actually good, uh, and and nobody really noticed that game. So that's probably their issue. I mean, they crush Rutgers, but that like, that doesn't count for. They won ten you
0: know. games.
1: I know. I, I, hey, I, I'm. I, they're a top 50 team. It's not even like a 10 and two. Mac kind of, you know, just won all their close games. Kind of 10 and two. They they are. They were dominant at times. They looked like total crap against Ohio a couple of weeks ago. That probably took some of the shine off. Especially since that was, I think, a, a midweek action game. But, so really
0: um, strange result
1: against Ohio stomped everybody else got stomped by other army lo- too. So like, it,
0: I was going to say the only other loss they have is army.
1: Yeah. And I would say that those are probably just because of the timing and everything else. Maybe those are the two most likely times you were, would have watched them. Um, and so that hurts a little bit, but no, they're a top 50 team. They are a comfortable, like they're a five point favorite per SAP plus against NIU. Um, they, I, I like, I mean, Lance Leipold has done a hell of a job getting athletes uh, to a tough place to draw athletes to. It's quarterback, An insanely Jackson, is, hard
0: place to coach. Yeah, an insanely I mean, hard place to recruit to. Really fun I mean,
1: quarterback to watch. A couple really fun receivers to watch. Just, uh, I mean, really solid team.
0: You know, we said this a couple years ago when uh, when it was Turner Gill, but, like, anybody who does this, like, deserves to be on the short list for every other job in the country because, <laughs> right. like... It's a combination of like bootstraps, coaching, player development, and like miracle recruiting. Um, it's, it, I mean, honestly, other than UMass in that in that part of the country, I can't think of a tougher job.
1: Right, and and uh, unlike Turner Gill, he actually made them good. This wasn't like a, um, let's see, they've topped out under Turner Gill. They they did they they were up to sixty eighth in SP when they when they won the um, when they won the Mac in two thousand eight. Uh, just you know eight and 6, 68, decent for a Mac team and, and whatnot. Uh, but then they were right back to 83rd in 2009, which earned him the Kansas job. Um, but this is uh, th- this, the ceiling this year is so much higher than it was in 2008. I mean, I'm saying all this and uh, NIU's gonna go in and win 17,16 or whatever because it's the Mac title game and nothing really makes sense in the Mac title game. but they've had a hell of a year and this is a really nice program building job he's done.
0: No, lo- no laws apply to Ford Field. Exactly. Uh yeah, so if you're on NFL Stadium Watch, Mac Championship, Lion Stadium, uh Pac-12 Championship, 49er Stadium. Nobody, by the way, nobody's going to be at that game in Santa Clara. No. <laughs> Utah,
1: Utah will travel. Buddy. Utah will travel, um, I bet you.
0: No, I'm that's not a knock against the programs. It's a Friday night. It's in a Hard to access, crappy, weird stadium place in in the far flung Silicon Valley suburbs. Like it's not a knock against Utah or Washington at all. Let me be clear. It's just like it's just a poorly chosen, poorly designed, poorly executed event. Speaking of man, if you guys aren't checking it out, John Canzano at Oregon Live has had a four part series this week on Larry Scott, and my man does not know (laughs) the meaning of restraint. No, it is just he is flogging the shit out of Larry Scott in the Pac12. And I,
1: I kind of I bailed on the series when he tried to when when he gave Rick Neuheisel too much of to the floor in part 1, but I'm sure he's right. For the, If for you
0: the dump out part. the Neuheisel stuff about football, everything else is is applicable. I'm sure. I'm sure. I mean, he was quoting like Dave Bartu and a bunch of I'm like, "Wow, what?" <laughs> like yeah. it was a really weird hodgepodge of people in that first story, but I don't, man.
1: I'm, yeah, I'm sure he's got facts on his side. So, I mean, if he if he doesn't do a good job, then it's on him. Um, but I mean, he
0: he's br- he's br- he, he's using a bazooka where a, a knife would have probably done the trick. <laughs> but there is a lot of pent up frustration at um, I would say more than half of those school fan bases in the Pac twelve on yeah. the way yeah. that the way things are going, the decisions that were made five, six, seven, eight years ago that are still impacting these these satellite schools, especially.
1: And I do Sat- think that. You know a lot of this is um, you know I think we, we talked briefly about this the other day, but I think a lot of this is just that I mean he can't he can't fight geography um, unless he gets Texas schools or Oklahoma or whatever. There's no like super easy option to success, but I think he his biggest problem that he's had other than the fact that he's apparently you know lavish in everything he does. Um, which I mean, to his, in his defense, he did come from the WTA and, and, you know, if you watched any sort of tennis tournament on TV, it's all, you know, expensive watches and, and all this stuff. That's the only people who, who buy ads there. Hey, Can you
0: please cancel your phone service.
1: No, cause then our internet costs will go up anyway. <sighs> um, one more. There it is. Okay, what, so can anyway, you unplug
0: the phone down there? I,
1: I don't. know. Probably.
0: Oh uh, look, I'm getting a anyway. phone call from. I'm getting a phone call from a coworker right now. I want you to vamp, and I'm gonna put. I'm gonna put my mic on mute because this is about a <laughs> story. Okay. Go.
1: Um. Well, damn, that was pressure. Uh, Recording I see right now. What's up? I guess not. Uh. Anyway, I. Larry Scott's biggest issue, as we've talked about before, is it, it's almost well, like he sold text too text much in. hope. Like he actually. Okay. He made the Pac 12 or, or the people in, w- within the Pac 12 uh, think right, that they, they could, could the, become uh, like the biggest PD. brand in, in college back. sports. And they're still stuck way out west. They're still, geography is still an issue for them in terms of the moves they can make. And so I think it was just an expectations game. Hey, hey. hey. <laughs> um, oh, hey. How, how about working, that? Yeah, hey.
0: we're working on breaking a, a coaching thing right now that I can't mention because it may not happen. Um, however, I'm also going to simultaneously refute this whole geography thing. I don't think people are mad about the stuff they can't control. I think they're mad about the stuff he can control. Well,
1: I think, well, let me finish though. It starts with geography, and that's always going to be a problem. And he sold a really big vision. But there's absolutely no question that there were 38 missteps when it came to the Pac 12 network itself. Um, and again, if they had a stronger product, blah, 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 maybe it would have been easier, but they, however that came about, like the, they just screwed themselves. Um, I've talked before about how I hate the, the, the the little regional networks within the conference network, just from a, I I think that makes it extremely hard to sell to cable companies as a whole. And I think I've sort of been proven right on that. But just, you know, there's no question that, you know, however they went about, you know, fighting with DirecTV and all these other missteps they made, that cost them too. But um, no, I I do think part of it was he set expectations higher than anybody could achieve as as PAC-12 commissioner. And that was his first misstep.
0: Okay. Sorry. little, uh, little multitasking there. Uh, I know it doesn't make for good audio, but these are how I can tell the stories, you know, weeks or months from now. Hey, speaking of stories, um, whoop, hang on text. Sorry. Um, Jeez. we Dude, are going to get,
1: do I need to call in our backup? Who do you <laughs> think, who do you think's is with me right hey, now? Yeah,
0: that's true. I mean, this is, this is the silly season, baby. Um, the, uh, Georgia tech story. You got a bunch of, uh, hardcore PAPNers are like, tell the Georgia tech story now, tell the Georgia tech story. now. no, we no, no. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about that in a second, by the way. I just, I was laughing cause you guys are, you guys are Eagle eared for sure. Um, on, on stuff that we will casually mention once and then throw away the, I did not expect that dude to retire, but we'll get to that in a second. got to get through the tasting menu. It's not long. Yeah, it's not long. All right, let's move on to Saturday. We're just going to blast through the whole day. You ready? Unless you want to split
1: it up in half, yeah, maybe? let's split it up. I split it up in SP, it'll allow us to talk about each game.
0: All right, um, I'm gonna figure out where to make the cut. Um, I'll go from 11 to four.
1: Oh, well, no, that's most of the game. No, just like um, do uh, like, um, I'll, yeah, 11 to 11 to one. That's fine. Yeah, all right,
0: uh, another storm makeup game. Akron's going to South Carolina. Um, that's a storm makeup game on SEC Network's alternate uh, check your listings 11 a.m. Jacksonville State's at Maine that's an FCS playoff game on yeah, ESPN yeah. Extra. Jacksonville Oklahoma-
1: State has to go to Maine that's fantastic.
0: Zombie Red River middle, da, 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 da. Big 12 championship in uh, Arlington 11 a.m. ABC Drake goes to Iowa Drake. State that was a game that was scheduled this year it is possible people 11 a.m. storm makeup game uh, it's a Sunbelt makeup champion. of a makeup,
1: too, because Incarnate Word, I believe, made the FCS playoffs. And yes. they were the first choice, so then Iowa State had to call up Drake, which somewhat, is just somewhat
0: shockingly made the playoffs. Um, Sunbelt Championship game app is playing ULL at 11 a.m. on ESPN, or maybe we should say Louisiana. I don't know who that pisses off anymore. James Madison is at Colgate. Of course, Mike Houston all up in them coaching rumors. Mm-hmm. Uh, Conference well, Championship it's not conference. rumors
1: is it or was it a, was it finalized
0: he is not finalized okay we, okay. we can get to that in a second okay. it's weird um that's at 12 on espn extra at 12 30 is the uh cusa championship game middle tennessee uh versus uab at 12 30 on cbs sports network wofford's at k-state at 1 p.m um that's not a that's not a fcs playoff game either
1: yeah yeah wofford at Kennesaw. yeah it is yeah Kennesaw's like the number nope, two I, seed or something
0: i was wrong i was wrong uh duquesne is at south dakota state at 2 p.m on espn extra montana state is at north dakota state at 2 p.m on espn extra sorry i was getting these fcs makeups mixed up um and then we'll stop there we'll come back to another makeup game in a second i'll just cut it there okay um uh, zombie red river done (laughs) there's a bunch of fun games um
1: this, I re- we I don't. Really... The, the
0: whole conceit of this segment doesn't exist because you can almost feasibly consume all of these games. Yeah. So we don't really need to do the
1: segment, but I'm just <laughs> saying
0: like if you're picking, yeah, you're going to watch your primary viewing mm. is, is definitely zombie red river. And
1: during all the commercial breaks after touchdowns, because there'll be like 38 touchdowns mm-hmm. in that game uh, in 38 possessions. Um, yeah, you've got some really, I mean, I, I assume App State, unless they're distracted by coaching rumors, uh, and they don't play very well, App State should be able to handle Louisiana Lafayette, although Louisiana Lafayette is extremely, expl- the only thing they've really got going for them, they don't play defense, they're not very efficient offensively, but man, they can make big plays, and so it's just about containing them to like one 50 yard gain as opposed to four um i you know app has shown the ability to do that just fine but again if they are if they're distracted a little bit there there might be uh, a game there middle tennessee uab i'm really curious about because those are two good defenses um and middle tennessee uh, well, really i'm just the most what i'm most curious about middle tennessee dominated uab last week and i believe it earned them the right to host this game but uab also knew they were going to be in the conference title game so how much were they holding in reserve um, in terms of game planning and, and potential just potential breakthrough plays and whatnot, like how much were they holding in reserve, knowing that there was a decent chance they'd be playing Middle Tennessee, Middle Tennessee again a week later? Middle Tennessee kind of had to, they hadn't clinched, so they had to they had to go full out. Uh, UAB didn't, so I'm curious about how much. Uh, of an You think they just they
0: ate played. the whole game?
1: Well no, I mean I'm sure they they were, they were trying to win, but from a game planning standpoint, you know the the plays you call the stuff that you've noticed on film and whatnot you know there I, I would say it's, it's it's even though it lost you home field advantage, I think it would probably be worthwhile to hold a couple things for the next week. Um, I'm sure they were trying to win, but yeah very they interesting. Might, might not have played all their cards.
0: very interesting indeed. Um, all right um, so yeah, your pick is zombie Red River
1: yeah of course. And that that is going to be. I was proud of myself. I wrote about this game a couple days ago and didn't just rehash everything I've always talked about regarding Tom Herman as an underdog. Yeah. I actually uh, it was a, it was a focus on te- on the fact that Texas does have one. Actual weapon that isn't just hey they play good against good teams and that is their ability to control the ball to be able to really consistently you know how many third and threes did they convert last time they were playing they're bigger or they play bigger than Oklahoma does uh, they're not as fast obviously nobody's as fast as Oklahoma especially offensively but they do they did a really nice job of basically limiting the number of possessions in that game last time to the point where two turnovers for Oklahoma really kind of felt like three and then they had one on the last play too but um. It, it was a really nice job of just controlling the game and making it winnable with just a couple of breaks. I just you can't count on those couple of breaks. I think if they play, if they play ten times, OU wins about seven of them.
0: Okay, Zombie Red River, just watch it. Yeah. don't get don't get cute about Saturday. You don't mm-hmm. have to. Uh, let's go to the other half of this menu. Uh, Stanford is at Cal. That's the Wildfire makeup game uh, at two p.m. Central Time on Pac-12 Network, which sucks. I just realized I can't watch that um the AAC championship game is Memphis at UCF the game is a home away deal they don't have neutral sites so that's just in Orlando 230 ABC the SEC championship games at three on CBS that's Bama in Georgia of course in Mercedes-Benz um hope someone plays some good football there because my NFL team isn't Simo uh, is at Weber, Weber State at 3 p.m. on ESPN Extra. That's an FCS playoff game. The SWAC championship game is at 3.30 on ESPNU. That's Alcorn and Southern. Um, let's see. Eastern Washington plays Nichols at 4. And Northern Iowa plays UC Davis at 6. Those are both ESPN Extra games. And then we have three FBS cha- conference championship games in the evening. Mountain West is... What are you
1: doing, Mountain West? What are you doing?
0: why what do you mean scheduling Six
1: 9 Dude, o'clock the, p.m have hey, the entire second half hey, too
0: hey they didn't do that
1: okay that well what a, are that you that doing espn then what yeah, are you doing ESPN? espn
0: um it's a good question because i don't see any evening inventory here no
1: there's none um <laughs> it, it just, may be it off. may be
0: related to some college basketball thing i don't know um uh, boise and fresno calm down boise and fresno are six forty-five. On ESPN, Clemson and Pittsburgh are playing at 7 p.m. on ABC in Charlotte. And then Northwestern is playing Ohio State in Indianapolis at 7 p.m. on I know Fox.
1: Previously, the Mountain West game has kind of brought up the rear and it's been the night game. Um, so I know it's possible, but it just ticks me. I mean, I, I'll DVR all, the, all these games. That's fine. But Boise Fresno is a hell of a quality matchup. And, they, and ESPN just punted, basically. Nobody's going to watch that.
0: There is um, a group of grab bag games that yeah. are worth mentioning here. Um, specifically, East Carolina is at North Carolina State in a makeup game, and that's on Watch ESPN, so not ESPN Plus, but the mobile video deal. And so is Marshall and VTech. VTech trying to go to a bowl. And then Norfolk State is at Liberty, so all Storm makeup games there. Yeah. Uh, go to Watch ESPN for those specifically i wouldn't yeah. really recommend watching any of those <laughs> um, marshall
1: v tech could have some some anxiety involved in the second half yeah, yeah. I, like SP um, just straight up projected uh projected marshall to win i appreciated that that was funny i mean boise fresno is the best game on that back <laughs> half of that slate <laughs> yeah
0: i'm not gonna sit here and stand for alabama georgia i don't think it's gonna be good
1: i still think it'll be good sell me I have. I, I have been like the last eight times we've talked about it. Georgia has been awesome because no,
0: I haven't bought it.
1: That's 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 your fault and not mine. Georgia has been a has been a Clemson and Alabama level team for the last month. Uh, they do not finish drives. Well, that's probably going to doom them, but they're going to create scoring chances in a way that nobody else has against Alabama. And it's going to give them a shot. Like just, I assume Alabama wins by two touchdowns mainly because you know they ended up creating like you know six scoring opportunities and scoring forty points off of them versus Georgia scoring creating five opportunities and scoring you know twenty four or or twenty or something like that. Um, but I, this Georgia is absolutely going to have a shot in this game. I would be floored if they came out and just laid down okay. or, or got pushed down. I should say. All right. Memphis UCF is, is obviously. For any number of reasons, (laughs) very interesting too. Still more fun Um,
0: to watch than, yeah. More uh, fun
1: to watch for sure, but also just, um, man, obviously any path for UCF requires Northwestern to beat Ohio State, so that probably ends it, but they're going to be playing that game as if they still have a shot at the national title game, uh, or college football playoff, Um, and... It's and not a, knowing,
0: by the way, the situation is later in the day.
1: Yeah. Well, I guess they'll know if OU won. Uh, but if, if, say, if Texas beats OU early um, and they head into that game, knowing that if Georgia loses to Alabama, as they are, you know, uh, they are the underdogs there, and knowing that they're basically one upset away, one Northwestern upset of Ohio State away from having a legit claim to the number four spot. I, I you know, we all assume they're still going to get screwed. I know I do. But I can't even really – I say that, but then I can't figure out who would be number four instead, Michigan? Like, Georgia just doesn't fall if they lose to Alabama, so they get Alabama-Georgia again in a in a month? No, like, they won't do that. Right, they won't do that. They, they Oklahoma will drop. Uh, Ohio State would drop for losing to Northwestern. So it's either you put Michigan in or UCF. So, like, I still assume they'll get screwed, but they, for Michigan? Like, I – that's really the one thing I'm rooting for just out of pure morbid curiosity. So, um, <laughs> probably not going to happen. They're play- they're starting to back up quarterback. Memphis is good. And Northwestern's not beating Ohio state, but, um, but it's on the table until it's not, I'm really curious.
0: Um, the real crime here is that the Boise Fresno game doesn't wash out the blowout taste because you're oh. going to have Clemson Pitt and Northwestern Ohio state at seven. And like those games are gonna be over by halftime.
1: Sure, and so in theory, you could still watch the second half of Boise, but man, this is a missed opportunity.
0: I'm really curious what's what ESPN's doing later that evening that they didn't they didn't counter against that. Very strange. Yeah, it's it's uh, not a deficit of inventory. It's ESPN that we're talking about. I've just
1: been crabby all week, so I might as well continue it. I'm gonna look up. uh,
0: I'm saying ESPN um,
1: programming here.
0: So while you do that, I'll, I'll bridge into coaching a little bit. Um, that ECU game's interesting because ECU still might open and it might affect what's going on with Charlotte and Mike Houston. That's one thing that I can say on the podcast right now. <laughs> um, Mike Houston at, at James Madison was thought to have been done yesterday, uh, Wednesday, as we record this on Thursday around lunch. Not the case. Uh, potential inter- interest from a potential opening at East Carolina could be the difference there um i'm trying to think if i can think of anything else as we record <laughs> this bill the the greg williams stuff is not official as we record greg this. robinson greg robinson, robinson, where robinson williams came from i have a um, friend named
1: greg williams maybe that's what you were thinking of
0: probably the the former saints defensive coordinator sure kill the head
1: uh um, by I the guess. way uh as, i i'm mad that i didn't come up with this joke somebody else did um Greg Davis will be named Mac Brown's offensive coordinator. He's just going to get the entire 2009 get, uh, oh. band back together.
0: So speaking of great jokes, um, everybody you jumped hope in, that's a joke. Everybody jumped in our mentions and said, "I guess Paul Johnson just hung around one, one last season yep. to put 66 on Brian Van Gorder, Hail Southern." You know what? I have no, I have <laughs> nothing that says that I that that's true, but I'm going to run with it. Yeah, I like I it. I like it. Let's see.
1: I, I'm actually it, turning the TV on to find the listings because uh, the website is not doing it for me. So really, yeah, I'm. I'm You're really starting. mad about this. Well, no, like, well, I mean, now I'm just cu- more curious than anything. But uh, yeah, the website's messing up here. All right. So, so what we're getting
0: from our listeners is less organized, more news breaking, <laughs> more angry. Bill, Bill is Bill is mad as me.
1: I promise this lot. was not. I'm not doing this just for show today. <laughs> a lot of things are sneaking up on me all of a sudden. Apparently.
0: Um, it's a good year to be like a Colorado. It's a good year to be a Texas tech. Like that's one thing I can tell you. I mean, theoretically North Carolina, um, this market is friendly to those schools right now. And so those who have made that decision, it makes a lot of sense. Um, Colorado is talking to people probably outside of their weight class. Same for even maybe Texas tech, certainly Maryland. Um, so it's a good year for those type jobs. I will say this. Uh, last night, a little bit of weirdness up there in the Midwest. Um, <laughs> Purdue head coach Jeff Brom is still <laughs> Purdue head coach Jeff Brom. Um, near as far as I can tell from the people I talked to, what I was able to piece together. There was a long deliberation. There was a fundamental disagreement on commitment financially. Uh, and that finally drove him back to Purdue. Now, the one thing that I would be, that I would stress, is that look at the kind of year that we're having in the coaching market, right? Texas Tech, Colorado, maybe K State, North Carolina, Maryland, maybe ECU. Like, this is not that. This is not that massive major year. We all said, I said on the show, everybody said, Jeff Brom, Louisville, done deal. We didn't give Jeff Brom credit, and one of the things that we often make the mistake of in the media is is equating alma maters and hometowns as, you know, givens or, or f- favored nation status when, when these coaches are looking at the market. It just doesn't work that way.
1: Well, yeah, I would also add this though, that one, I kind of—
0: This I, one felt so inevitable, though.
1: Yeah, I would— uh, I, I I assumed that Louisville would pony up more than Purdue too. I thought it was gonna, it was a combo that made it an absolute slam dunk, and that was absolutely not the case. Sports I, I don't Center. Think we have the full picture. Sports oh, Center is... is what they're showing at 10 p.m. on Saturday uh, on ESPN.
0: Wait, so they have a 6:45 game and then a 10 p.m.
1: Sports Center. Yep.
0: Hmm. What's on ESPN too? Uh,
1: a replay of some other football game that night. What? I just turned it off, but hold on. Keep talking.
0: Six forty-five is five forty-five Mountain. That's a weird kickoff time.
1: Are they not, are they only game. Mountain and not Pacific? I might have screwed that up in today's piece. I thought they were Pacific
0: Boise's Mountain.
1: Okay. Uh, college football fi- no. Uh, ESPN at ten PM is showing two episodes of True South followed by college football final.
0: The hell is True South?
1: Uh. Isn't that the show with the host? I don't want to that, know. I don't want to you know. I don't want to know. Maybe don't like all that much. Uh, who? Oh, no. It's John T. Edge. Never mind. It's not. Um, yeah, that's right. It's the Wright Thompson, <laughs> John T. Edge show. Not. Yeah, he, I know Wright Thompson.
0: I'm friends with him. Who do, who do I not like?
1: Uh, Marty. Oh, God. That show is a bag of assholes. It is awful. and I didn't know the name of it because I've never watched it, but that's what Holy I was thinking of for a second. No, Truth, Truth South is... John T. Edge is good, um, so I'm sure that's a very good show. I would prefer to watch uh, the entire Mountain West Championship game at, in that time slot, Slot, but you know.
0: Yeah, that show on SEC Network is like if on the Russian... The the, the networks that Russia owns, like the state networks, or is, I think it's R-N-R-T. Mm-hmm. There's an American version. an English version. English language version, but it's like on the... On the Russian television networks that are run by the state, which I think is all of them now. Yeah, pretty much. It's as if they tried to do a lighthearted comedy. Like on something that's that's being monitored and approved by like the Supreme Overlord Commander, which is basically what how content on the SEC network works. <laughs> as someone who's been blackballed from the SEC network, which by the way, I don't want to paint out a picture like, oh God, please get me on the SEC network. I could give a flip.
1: Ooh, I thought you were going to say some other word there for a second.
0: I, it, I just find it funny that they're like trying to do the lighthearted, funny rah-rah stuff on the SEC mm-hmm. network. I'm like, what jokes can you make when you're in front of your like strict grandfather? Cause that's basically how they run programming <laughs> there. Very bizarre situation. Um, Anywho,
1: it's not that it's, it's the, the potentially good show that I haven't given a shot yet.
0: Okay. John T. Edge is a nice guy. Sure, yeah. Um, so, I still don't understand why the nope. mountain West championship game is not capping the evening
1: because you know, it's going to be good. It's going to be close. <sighs> Should be. I mean, it would be a shock if it wasn't. I mean, they played a really fun title game last year. The, you know, the, uh, the game earlier, like a month ago was decided by the length of a chain or whatever. Yeah. Um, like it, this is a, a slam dunk and a good opportunity for the mountain West and they got screwed. Our new friends, the mountain West, our, our favorite conference, the mountain West, um, our Yeti Cup delivering conference of choice. Uh, I love you. you.
0: <laughs> Mountain West Bias P A P N. Those of you who don't follow me on Twitter. I don't know why I read my damn Twitter handle out every week. If you don't follow me on Twitter, um, I got my pack. I got the package the same time you did. I just have everything sent to a P.O. box because mm. uh Mississippi State fans are crazy. <laughs> and um, so I have a lot of stuff run through a P.O. box and swung by the P.O. box. Shout out to FAU, by the way, for sending me a they had a Heisman push for their running back, um, and they sent a Hot Wheels. Oh, really? Went, which went promptly to the four-year-old. By the way, i not a not a Heisman voter. We'll take your gifts, though. Yeah, seriously. Houston sent me the Ed Oliver horse. I do not vote in the Heisman.
1: Man, I got uh, some catching up to do here.
0: As we record, again, live, messy, and newsy, I would like to point out that there are several phantom Bill Snyder retirement tweets going out, so <laughs> don't get got. Don't get got. Check check your. I would I would say check your blue checks, but I'm not blue checked. Um, check your. Uh, Wait, you're not. I am not blue checked. I'm not blue checked. I don't think Spencer is blue checked. I don't know if I'm trying to think of the people on staff who are not blue checked. I don't think John Boyce is blue checked. East Carolina, by the way, this is this is real. As we as we record this, they just fired Scotty Montgomery. Oh, so. <laughs> Um, Woo, that's there's a lot me. going on right now. Yeah, 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 this is why it's very tough for me to do a, a podcast right now. So, um, what this means specifically is what I just told you guys. Um, there's heavy interest from ECU in James Madison's coach Mike Houston. Um, which has stalled out Charlotte. I'll be interested to see what Charlotte does from here because it is a coveted job. Mm-hmm. The name I would not associate with Charlotte's being associated with Georgia tech right now is Tony Elliott. Right. I don't think Elliott has any, I know that Elliot does not have interest in, in the Charlotte job, but Charlotte is still being bandied about and could still be a whopper
1: of a gig. Um,
0: okay.
1: Okay. And I'm I'm refusing to acknowledge the Wizenhunt rumors with the Georgia Tech job, as Jason okay. as Jason Kirk pointed out, he's their uh, Jeff Fisher. Where every single time the the USC job is rumored to come open, uh, somebody sources sources say that Jeff Fisher could be considered for the position. Um, and Jack Del Rio, of course, uh, Ken Wizenhunt is Georgia Tech's. I'm just going to continue. I'm going to say that as a mantra right up until the point they hire somebody else, because I don't want to believe that Georgia Tech. <laughs> could hire Ken hunt, but we'll see.
0: Um, on Georgia Tech, have a lot going on right now. On Georgia Tech, here's mm. the situation. Um, the story I wanted to write was going to be congruent with um, some other stuff that we've got coming out about the triple option. So I was trying to figure out when the best time to do all this was. We thought maybe there was a chance this year, as there have been chances in recent years, that Johnson would be terminated from Georgia Tech, not announce his retirement. The thing that I wanted to write and the thing that coaches have always talked to me about, well, I shouldn't say all coaches or coaches just as a blanket, but a specific kind of coach, (sighs) young and Southern. It doesn't matter if they're head coaches in the FBS, head coaches in the FCS, assistants, wherever, young Southern coaches, young being under 40, I would say, or even 42, um, think that Georgia Tech could be that gig, that job. They could really change it. Um, it's not a knock on the triple option. It's not a knock on Johnson. It's really a knock on the way Georgia Tech has run their program. It, I don't want to apply Sleeping Giant and say, like, you know, the way Nick Saban categorized LSU 15 years ago, but it's more than 15 years ago. I'm old. Yeah. Um, it's a job that a lot of coaches specifically look at on a piece of paper and say, we we could fix that. We could do that. The problem has been the money. The problem has been the administration, the commitment. Obviously, eligibility is a little tougher at Georgia. It's not like a impossible Stanford situation, Northwestern, whatever. Like, it's not um, like as easy to qualify as like the Mississippi schools, but it's somewhere you know more more close to the nerd schools in terms of difficulty getting guys eligible. Um, if they do not make, okay, all joking about Mac aside and less and everything else, if they get reductive. If they play this easy and safe, and they get someone like Ken Wisenhut, (laughs) this will obliterate Georgia Tech. I think that's the the point where I just
1: become an NFL writer. For real. One of the
0: problems here is that people got tired of the option, but they forgot what Paul did was really – limit the gulf between what Georgia Tech was doing off the field and what Clemson was doing off the field. In terms of commitment, alumni, finances, fundraising, da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. The triple allowed for them to compensate for the inefficiencies program and school-wide. And they don't have that now. If they go in another direction, which by the way, everyone is everyone is talking about tech as if it is going away from the triple. This is not going to be a situation right. where I think that they're going to pull from one of the academies
1: or Kennesaw State. I, I saw his name um, linked in there too. They're not they're not triple option, but they are option. Right. Um, you
0: have you have four plus. You have you have four areas: Kennesaw State, Georgia Southern, Army, Navy. You have Kiss and Cousins in Tulane and Air Force and you know past that that's sort of the tree um at least in terms of what the way paul johnson might look at it um i don't know what's going to happen at georgia tech they could make a really really inspired hire with a very long-term commitment because when you do go from from triple to something else or from something else to triple you have to blow the roster up and start yeah, over. Yeah,
1: I was thinking about that. I mean, yeah, technically, but you can you know, with the prevalence of transfers and grad transfers especially, I don't think you need years to to flip the roster to a certain degree to to get it away from that cuz I mean the defense, I mean the defense stunk at Georgia Tech, but it's not like it's option personnel it's only the well, i was offense. talking
0: i talked to a coach about this yesterday and and they echoed what you said and that it's not five years anymore but it's it's a really bad first year still potentially because, yeah well no he said it's it's going to be a really bad first year and that's okay as long as everyone is on the same page because of line play you can juco out a quarterback you right. can juco out receivers but line play is the thing that's going you're to haunt cut, you, you you're cut blocking yeah yeah, I mean you you're, you're going to be haunted online play for about a, a season and a half. Is is the best Lots is the of most screens. generous estimate. Move those you know? flex
1: bones to slot receivers, run just screen after screen after screen, which hey, I mean that's what they're doing in the pros anyway. Um that that's your best option there. Yeah, you're not going to be able to push anybody over probably.
0: Yeah, I mean so there there used to even be a saying amongst young coaches that like every year when this would co- when this would happen, now that it actually has happened where they're <laughs> like, can we tech yet? That was the joke. Can we tech yet? which just means can you know like coach can we go get that georgia tech job recruit our butts off play to atlanta which is one of the things georgia tech has failed miserably at and that you have one of the strongest economies in america you have one of the largest cities in america one of the strongest media markets one of the i mean i love atlanta so i'm the wrong person to objectively talk about this market but The way coaches have talked about it, coaches who weren't from the city of Atlanta or the state of Georgia have said, why are you not pairing everything that's going on in Atlanta with music, with what could happen on the field? Why does it feel so boring and stiff at a Georgia Tech game? Why are they not embracing the community? Right. You know, there's a million things you could be doing and they're not.
1: Yeah. And that's, I mean, I always try to like rein myself in a little bit, you know, when, talk, when we go toward the sleeping giant ch- talk, just because I know like, it's no BS when we talk about like academic standards there or, cu- or curriculum there, like it—it it is hard. Uh, and yeah. it's going to limit your pool, but I mean, a you're not a smart school in Palo Alto. I mean, Palo Alto's got plenty of talent around it, I guess, but they recruit nationally. Northwestern tries to recruit nationally. Georgia tech is still in Atlanta. Um, and so it 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 doesn't have to be that kind of job. You there, it could be like Smart School Plus kind of situation, um, where where you could and and I mean you know, as we seen with with your with your team, the Atlanta United, uh, when you embrace Atlanta, Atlanta seems to embrace you back. Yes, and and that that does feel like an opportunity.
0: Well, it's the last time Bobby Dodd was hopping was when Atlanta United was playing in there, so. <laughs> These are all things to consider. I don't know if they're going to listen to any of this. I don't know if they've embraced any of this. Um, My gut tells me they have not, just because we're having such a strange season, Um, strange coaching season, strange season period, but strange coaching season too. So um, it will be interesting to watch this one over the next couple days as other jobs will start, other dominoes will start to fall. Um, For those of you who are curious, like why is Maryland taking so long? Why is Colorado taking so long? Um, we're still really early in the cycle. We're still really, really early. I mean, Thanksgiving is a weird year. Like my wife and I were talking about this, just getting Christmas stuff ready for kids. It's like, as we record this bill, it's still, it's still November and Thanksgiving was a week ago. Um, (laughs) it's not even conference championship weekend yet. And as everyone knows, there are a lot of really good coordinators and assistants that really? are going to be interviewed for jobs. And so the, those, the weather
1: here has been straight out of mid February, which has confused me even further, but yeah,
0: it's been a strange, it's a strange November. It's a strange December too. But like if your team is in desperate need of a, of a position coach or a coordinator, just wait, like that stuff usually keep in mind too, as like, I can feel, Bud Elliott running to jump in, like, there's a lot of recruiting left to, to be done. Right. And we've seen a kind of bifurcation of the assistant coaching market between those two recruiting cycles now, right, of early commits and then the actual signing day in February, however, they whatever the phraseology is on that now. Um, it's a lot. I mean, we, you'll, you'll see a significant assistant movement through February, and it's not even December yet. So slow your roll. You'll be okay. Yes. Yes. <laughs> you gonna do some questions. Sure. I'm, it feels like
1: we missed some jobs, but I guess not. I thought there was more. There were more. Uh, I way. mean, there's a
0: lot of stuff I can't say at the moment because it's there's stuff moving in real time. Um, but I'm trying to think. Uh, you're, you're probably right.
1: I just it felt like more, and maybe yeah, I'm probably wrong here.
0: I mean, since we since we last spoke, one of the things I wanted to talk. So we talked around it, but my take. This is my take on Brom just just to close that loop. My take on Braum is he knows his market value is only increasing. He he's confident that they can win more games at Purdue next year and okay. that any any short coaching cycle is always followed by a big coaching cycle. Yeah. So this is Jeff Brom for what we don't know everything that happened at Louisville. We have big pieces of information. We know that he and Vince Tyre obviously very close, but there is a financial disagreement. I think there's more to that just because of the state of the program. They've got buyouts for Patino. They've got buyouts for Petrino. they got buyouts for uh, uh, Jurich. Like There's a lot going on at Louisville, and also that roster is ass right now. This may be Bobby Petrino's best destroying a roster on your way out ever, and he's <laughs> done a really good job. Um, the irony there is the one roster he didn't destroy on his way out was the one year he spent at Western Kentucky because it was Willie Taggart's players, and then Jeff Brom came in behind him. Right. So, I think Brom is going to sit pretty at at uh, Purdue, and I think that in 2019 you're going to hear his name all over again for a much bigger job. <laughs> Auburn,
1: sorry. Oh, hey, yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, no, I. It is still. He's he's good for next year's coaching carousel for sure. I mean, by the way, Purdue ponied the hell up. So I mean, it, it, at this point, and shout out sap- for Purdue for not not giving in to the inevitable. Yeah. Um, so I mean, back. just because of that, like he's he's basically uh, situating himself to where like uh, yeah, it would have to be an Auburn or like a freaking Ohio State or something uh, to for, to be able to afford him. But he also. I mean, the contract kind of helps him out a lot here, but if if the goal really is to move up to a bigger job, like y- your stock, there's always going to be a risk assuming your stock's only going to grow at Purdue. Um, you know, there, among other things, he's 13 and 12 and his stock's really high. Like at some point he's going to have to have like a nine-win season. And I mean, I, and again, like not to dump on the recruiting, he's got a top 25 class because he's signed, he's got his class already. Once other teams actually get a full slate of commitments, it's going to be like a top 35 class, which is still good for Purdue, but not 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 quite the same level of, you know, of, of cachet or whatever. So um, it is still a little bit of a gamble. The fact that he's making whatever the hell it was, six million or something now at Purdue, like p- power to them. And that, that helps a lot. Now, now he doesn't have to take another job just to to make the big coach money by any means. But uh, it is still a gamble if the if the idea is like you know to, to end up landing one of those really really big jobs because uh, it's it's always going to be at least a little bit of an uphill battle here.
0: Yep. Um, a couple questions, but then I got to get out of here.
1: Uh, Jay Urban D E T on the Reddit thread. Um, is it an open secret in the college football community slash hidden to the public that Neil Brown murdered a hooker and hid the evidence? Because I cannot <laughs> understand why a guy like that has not been hired by North Carolina or Louisville. I did um. I trolled Louisville last night, but I'll come back to that in a minute. I know that there are differences between, quote unquote, the South that our nor- Northerners, uh, that us Northerners can't comprehend, but both of these jobs in the South are in the South and would seemingly be perfect fits for Brown. The man has been able to recruit to a broke-down town in Alabama that doesn't have a Starbucks. He would crush it at Louisville. They don't um, have
0: a star. I can confirm no Starbucks.
1: <laughs> he, um,. I did mention last night, it's fine, Louisville fans. Neil Brown's still on the board. You're all right. And like knowing that, A, they should hire freaking Neil Brown, and, B, um, Louisville fans would lurch at the thought of hiring uh, a Kentucky guy. So I already had the next response uh, ready to go, which was, hey, I mean, he's left Kentucky twice. What more do you want?
0: He's Um, a UMass grad. Come on, guys. Yeah,
1: exactly. He's a UMass. He's a Northeasterner, actually. Um, He
0: would kill it at that job. Um, There's just a lot. There's a lot against him right now that he doesn't deserve. And one is that there's a trend away from from young air raid coaches. And even though I think air raid is does not really apply to him in that way. It just sometimes these things get trends are cyclical and they're hard to fight when they're at their peak.
1: There's a karma. There is a karma against young, successful coaches with good offenses, uh, or a karma. There's there's a, a, a trend Stigma. against them, but then there's not a trend against uh, hiring old coaches who were past their prime five years ago.
0: I mean, look, it'll burn out disastrously oh, yeah, in and, enough time. Yeah. Shakar. Um, uh, Shakar. What do you think of uh, USC's coaching moves, firing so far of USC? I'm really just asking this, Bill, so we can talk about. It. I want you. <laughs> bill yes to, to mentally just go ahead and apply the cliff kingsbury formula to uh, usc Ooh, he says if usc angels <laughs> if usc lands cliff kingsbury what do you uh do you think that will solve a lot of usc's woes from this year yes. any good names to fill in for their vacant coaching spots um not yet on the vacant coaching spots i know that um i didn't think he would out and out fire as many people. I thought they'd kind of do more of like a, Hey, encourage you to look right. Exactly. No, they they did not waste time at all. Um, They're doing that for recruiting purposes among others. And yeah, I just think that the T Martin thing went south. It never, it never recovered.
1: Um, Okay. But seriously though, cliff in (laughs) heritage hall. I want, I want cliff to clone himself because I want to see him in the NFL and I want to see him with USC talent. In in college football, I want to see both of those things, and I, I'm 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 clearly going to be at least half disappointed here, but uh, God, it would be fantastic. It would just be spectacular, and you know, Clancy Clancy bleh, Clancy Pendergast. Granted. My biggest problem with Clancy Pendergast, as a rule, is he only plays eleven guys. Like he, he really hates having a bench at all to, to that he has to occasionally draw from. And when you're you know, when you've got USC depth in theory, that's that's kind of stupid. Uh, and and if Cliff Kingsbury does end up there and gets a little bit of tempo going, and uh, not that what's funny with the air raid stuff is a lot of those guys aren't really all that tempo anymore, but they still get the the reputation. Um, but if if they get humming and they're scoring a lot of points, uh, and the defense is facing a lot of plays that, that might actually solve Pendergast's biggest issue because he might not have a choice, but to use the bench a little bit more, um, and, and, and open a a heavier rotation, but it would be, it would be wonderful. It would be absolutely uh, fantastic to see, and it would kind of justify, the giant set of moves that Helton's made. Cause I mean, at, at some point, like I always start wondering like if, if a coach manages to save his job, but he has to basically change his entire staff. Like why, why didn't you just fire the coach and hire a new coach who will bring in all new assistants and just start fresh. since, since you're t- telling him to start fresh anyway, um, but that would certainly, if there's a big play in mind and he can actually pull it off, which I'm assuming if NFL teams call or well, depending on which NFL teams, but I, I assume the NFL will win out there. But if you can pull that off, hell yes, let's do it.
0: Okay, you got Bill interested.
1: Um, and, I like and not it. Not just because Cliff is under sixty five years old. I promise, I, I'm not I, anti I, old. I people am
0: curious though, again, because we keep hearing about his connections with the NFL. If he's just going to jump on this opening right now and not mm. see what shakes out with the league and then over the next month, mm. um, I have a hard time believing that. Right. So. It kind of
1: sounds like he has to jump now if he's going to jump to USC. And yeah, the NFL hasn't all shaken out yet.
0: Uh, I can answer this one fast. Uh, Vince Tag, how worried should I be about BC? There were a lot of Adazio rumors on Black Sunday, but besides Loffler leaving, we haven't heard anything. Is this a lame duck situation? Can they not
1: raise the buyout slash find a replacement?
0: Stay tuned.
1: <laughs> I, uh, by the way, mea culpa. I was giving you massive hell about a month ago because uh, you were trying to push Steve Adazio out of a job and they were actually quite good. Uh, they stopped being quite good the moment I gave you hell about them being good. They fell in, in three weeks. They fell from 38th and S&P Plus to 70th. Uh, so they're not good anymore. <laughs> so m- a couple on that one.
0: Stay tuned.
1: I mean this is a great this would be a great year uh for BC to be looking for.
0: It's a great year. There's just a lot of mid-level. Since you since know. one
1: of their conference rivals just punted, that, that gives them even more of a chance.
0: Uh again, yeah, Tyler Green, he was the most recent one to make the joke. Do you think Paul Johnson coached just to put 66 on BVG?
1: I hope. I hope. That just that that enhances everything I love about Paul Johnson, if that really was uh was the case. Let's uh here's
0: see. one I'll address because this one pops up almost every year. Uh, during the off season, y'all briefly discussed Malzahn taking the Georgia tech job. If when Paul Johnson retired, given the past season and the recent developments, is that still a possibility? I don't think so yeah. at dub Richie, but that is a persistent rumor in the Auburn fan base. Um, <laughs> it makes a lot of sense. Um, but I just, again, we talked about this earlier in the week, like, it's it's a buyout for a reason. Uh, this this new culture of setting a buyout and getting an extension off of a decent season, and then the buyout becomes monstrous. Monstrous. You lose two, you lose two extra games the following year, and everybody's mad. They have to pay you ten million or thirty million or whatever. That's not your fault. Your agent did a good job. So, <laughs> I, I just I don't understand this idea where they're going to come in and pressure you and say. We need you to change your buyout. No, dumbass. Don't don't agree to it in the first place.
1: Yeah, yeah. That really. That's. I mean, I, I like it when people bet on themselves. Um, it's not always smart to bet on yourself, but yeah. Um, hmm. that, that was a, yeah. That's just weird all the way around. Um. Here's one. I, I got a ton of questions on Twitter um, on Saturday night as the LSU A&M game was playing out. i have got a comment on Reddit, too, so I'll go ahead and address it. How does a game like uh, LSU A&M 7 OTs affect the S&P Plus rankings for each team, specifically points per play, points per drive, explosiveness metrics? Uh, points per play is not a thing, so it doesn't impact that at all. Uh, points per drive isn't a thing in S&P Plus. I know I include some of that stuff on those uh, advanced box scores. It's just because I have the data and I'm sharing it. It doesn't go into S&P Plus. Um, basically, well, it really doesn't affect S&P Plus all that much. It's not designed to because S&P is a rates thing. And so, like, success rate... Um, just because you played a lot more plays doesn't automatically mean your success rate was better or worse. So like LSU's for that game was 47% and Texas A&M's was 43. Yeah. Uh, I, I believe that's relatively close to season averages there. But basically here's here's the last thing I'll say on it. Uh from last week to this week in, in sP plus. Um LSU Oh no no, LSU's success rate was good in that game. 47% is good for LSU. Sorry, I forgot. Um but uh, so there, because of the success rate, primarily they went from 72nd to 53rd offensively um, and then from 11th to 16th defensively uh, SMU went from 22nd offensively to 20th and from 33rd off uh, defensively to 40th. So both defenses fell a hair. LSU's offense went up. Maybe there was some sort of cumulative cumulative effect there. Um, but I, you know, if there was, I think it was mostly because they were both very good in terms of points per scoring opportunity. Uh, and that doesn't necessarily have to do with overtime. It just meant they, they scored they consistently scored in overtime. Therefore, they took advantage of their chances, and therefore their offenses uh, got the benefit from that, and the defenses got dinged a little bit. So, really, didn't have any dramatic impact on it. And it's not because S P is not designed to just simply look at whoa seventy four seventy two bad defense or anything like that. Bill, yo, gotta go. Man, under an hour. I feel like we've we've oh, we've no, raised is the it? bar. Yeah, I, oh, we've sorry. raised the bar for our, our – uh, no, it's actually, it that. doesn't matter because next week starts the the single huge episode podcasts again.
0: This is true. Uh, so, yeah, actually, we will leave you with that. Programming note, we will be back on Sunday night for the final S&P Plus uh, Top 25 Sunday night thingamajigger of the season. And then on Wednesday of next week, we will go back to the weekly format of a longer – single week episode we do have a bonus coming around christmas time all right so we'll see you guys on sunday
1: yep